You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School presented by Privy. And a big thank you to our co-sponsors of the show, Suna and Hashtag Paid. And now a quick shout out to a giant pain in the butt for e-com stores everywhere. Getting the right photos and videos to sell your products. Here's the truth. Not a single transaction happens on the internet that doesn't involve a visual. If you're in e-commerce, you need professional photos. That's Suna. They're the virtual content studio. Join over 10,000 merchants who get high quality creative by simply shipping their product, joining their shoot online and paying for the photos they need as they go. Oh, and those photos, they're only $39 each. Your pain point is about to be your secret weapon. Get started today at Suna.co. That's S-O-O-N-A dot co. Hey everyone, welcome back. So a few months ago, I started seeing ads for a brand of shoes that didn't make you sit down, use both hands to negotiate the shoe on your foot, and then tie them. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's what it's like for me. The creative behind the ad showed a busy mom carrying a kid and 10 things without bending down. She just kind of slid her feet into each sneaker and continued on her day. It was like magic. So I hadn't seen the brand Kizik before, so I wanted to dig a little deeper. And the homepage hero had an amazing clip of a person legitimately doing a handstand and like over their head and then slipping their shoes on. And most of the ad creatives I've seen since on retargeting and all that show similar functionality in other kind of entertaining ways. So talk about category description. Kizix entered a cutthroat crowded market, but has used creative to cut through the noise. And today I just happen to be here with VP of marketing of Kizik, Brett Swenson. So Brett, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. So let's start with the story of Kizik. Yeah, it's a pretty fun one. I'll give you the the condensed version a little bit, but you know, our founder actually, a lot of you may know Ojo, the the bag company. Um, his name is Mike Pratt. So he he started that company, and and you know, along the way, he, he's kind of a, a serial entrepreneur, inventor, loves finding a better way. And along the way, he had this idea around hands free shoes and. And the ability to just you know put on your shoes without without using your hands, and ended up coming up with that idea as he was selling Ojo and to Callaway Golf, and and got out of the the bag business, and and um, had this idea that he wanted to go see if he could make you know hands free shoes a thing and kind of prove it. And so in in 2017, he sold Callaway, uh, excuse me, sold Ojo to Callaway, and kind of that's when the idea of Kizik was born and. In 2018, did a, a soft launch, kind of did a, a proof of concept, had a few uh, like mom and pop retailers start to, you know, show interest in the shoes. And and um, in late 20, 2018, Nike actually came and expressed interest in, in hands-free and, and uh, kind of came out of the blue of like, oh my gosh, like this is Nike. Then, you know, kind of fast forward to 2019, actually signed a licensing deal with our now parent company, which is called Hands Free Labs, to actually license the technology that he's invented in patents over time. And so wow. that was kind of the, the beginning phases of the brand of kind of, you know, finding market validity and Nike showing interest. And, and so Kizik really from that point on started to, to take focus. And, you know, I joined later in, in 2019. And that's kind of when things, um, you know, we started to to look at its scaling and uh, went through a rebrand and it's been 
a lot of fun growth since. Wow. So the brand's really only four years old. Yeah. I mean, the, wow. he's had this idea for a long time and it's kind of been tinkering and inventing, but yeah, really launched in, in, you know, really 2019 is when we started to, to scale. So. Yeah. And I, I don't know what you're able to share, but like, where is the brand and the, the journey in terms of scale or anything that you're able to share? Yeah. I mean, so in 2019, you know, we really, it was, you know, a few tens of 20, maybe a hundred pair of shoes a day. And, you know, fast forward to 2020, we've, we've three X, uh, since 2019 and then 2021, we four X wow. and then we're, we're on pace to 2022 to, to three X again. So, you know, just been pretty incredible ride so far and, and a lot of, like I said, fun growth. Amazing. And so your role there is you oversee all of marketing started in 2019. How big is the marketing team now? Uh, we actually brought on, I think, seven new members this year. Up until that point, it was just a handful of us yeah. that were really, you know, we were pretty scrappy for the first three years, just going as hard as we could. And, you know, as you, as you start to grow and have more resources, you know, brought on more channel managers and, and people to dive in and help us in, you know, end of 2021 into 2022. So awesome. Well, congrats. Yeah. I mean, I, you can't judge a book by its cover, but just based on how frequently I'm seeing you guys, I assume things are really going well. So let's get into what I wanted to chat about today. Like I'm a big believer in finding a wedge into a crowded market. And, you know, a lot of people like run away from that, but I think you guys have just absolutely nailed that. The intro to the site reads the easiest shoes you'll ever put put on, which I think is great copy. And in the intro, I mentioned, you know, all the ads I was seeing showcase that act of just kind of hands-free slipping the shoes on. It's a crowded market. Like how much time and energy are you personally putting into helping break through the noise? Like that, that's clearly a, a strategy from the marketing team, right? Yeah. You know, I, I'd say the more majority of, of my time, you know, even up to this point is, is that, I mean, we are really disrupting a, a category that's $300 billion you know, footwear market with, you know, thousands of brands back when I was at purple, you know, we thought it was really competitive, you know, the bed in the box space had hundreds of brands and, <laughs> and now coming to footwear where there's, you know, thousands and thousands of brands that you're trying to cut through the noise. And so we're very fortunate that we have over, I think a hundred, 105 patents now wow. on different ways and ways to, to put on shoes, hands free and everything around that. And so you know, having a, an amazing product that allows you to tell that story is just, it's next level when you have the ability, you have a moat around your your brand and your product. And then for us, having such a demonstrable product, you know, allows us to really be creative in the way that we're telling our story. So, you know, that's really what we found is if we can get people to stop, watch and, and kind of see our aha moment, which is, you know, what we call, you know, the step-in moment, that's really what, you know, instantly gets people to say, okay, this is different. This isn't a, a slip on shoe that I'm used to. This is something different. And so yeah. we're constantly testing and, 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 uh, you know, finding new ways to tell that story. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, you know, in software, like everyone kind of realizes like patents don't matter anymore. And that's my world SAS, but like hearing that Kizik is rooted in real technology that's defensible. I think is is awesome. It really strengthens the story that 
the interesting thing for me as someone who is watching what, what you're doing from a marketing perspective is you don't say that anywhere, right? You're not like patent pending technology, right? Which I think is, is interesting. So like what's defensible is the technology. What you're marketing is that aha moment. Like, was there a conversation on should we include our patent story here too? Or Yeah, no, that's a great question. And to be honest with you, it's something that we are trying to be better at. I think on the consumer side, people care, right? They they want to know that, you know, this isn't a gimmick. It's not yeah. a, you know, a flash in the pan product. And so I think that's where talking about patents and and some of that validation comes into play. And and uh, you know, we've been running off of a a couple hundred dollar Shopify theme and, and, you know, with band-aids and duct tape for the last few years. And so, yeah. you know, for us, we're running so fast that, you know, I think there's stuff that, you know, yeah, we could just do a better job of doing. And so as we're kind of taking a step back and, and really, you know, polish things, things up this year, um, you'll see some things shift over our site and, and the way that we, we talk about our technology, because we have an incredible team behind us that we want to kind of you know, lift up the velvet rope and, and show people what goes into making our footwear. And, and like you mentioned, nice. the, the innovation and the patents that go into this are, are no small feat. And so we want to do a better job of that, but we also know that, you know, the average consumer doesn't necessarily care. It, it sounds nice, but they want a comfortable product that actually works and, and does what we, you know, they, they're led to believe it does. And so that's really what we focus on and, and, um, you know, kind of, breaking through that barrier of skepticism and building awareness around a completely new, a new brand in the footwear space. So yeah, nice. I like it. It's smart. So let's get into creative, right? We, we were chatting a little bit before leading up to the episode. It sounds like you do both direct response creative and brand creative. Is that right? Yeah. My thought is, you know, especially with, you know, marketing now and, and since the changes in iOS, I mean, we've long since believed, again, referencing back, back to our time with Purple, you know, kind of that there's a place for both and a time for uh, you to be very targeted on from a DR perspective and, and uh, time to do brand. But we really feel like the sweet spot is, is doing both simultaneously. And so you'll see a lot of our creative that we spend a lot of time and energy making sure that it, it does do both. So it it can educate, it can entertain, it can build the brand, but it can also have uh, moments within the creative to to have call to actions and measurable drive measurable results from it. And so we're looking at things from every angle in our creative, from the opening um, three seconds. How is our hook doing? How is you know our thumb stop? And then looking at it broader terms of, okay, if, if we're reaching someone at the very top of the funnel and, and before they even heard about Kizik, are we seeing that play out in our overall brand growth, you know, our organic search terms, brand search, you know, things like that. And so I think a lot of marketers feel like it has to be one or the other, Yeah. but if you could find that, that storytelling and that voice to help do both along the way, I think you get you know, more bang for your buck and the ability to grow your brand at a lot quicker pace than if you were just going for that, you know, bottom of funnel sales that a lot of performance marketers focus on. Yeah. So I think that's where we've been able to excel. Yeah. I mean, I think most marketers that I'm connecting with probably organize their funnels around. They've got 
you know, direct response stuff. And then they've got a separate bucket around brand. It sounds like you maybe do a little bit of, of both of those, but really you think about like when you're putting a new campaign out there, it's going to have elements of both all the time. Yep. Yeah. And especially our, like our long form content and, and content that we, you know, on YouTube and some of those, you know, our, our linear and connected TV areas where we, again, are breaking through and trying to stop people as they're, you know, they're watching, you know, their favorite TV program or, or, you know, on YouTube, people are locked into the content that they're watching. Obviously you need elements that are, they're going to stop the scroll and, and get people to watch, but then also telling that brand story. And we believe that's a way for us to have that market penetration and that brand awareness that especially for us, where we're trying to disrupt a category, we really, really focus on and, and really need to kind of plant our flag and state our claim in, in a very saturated market. And that's how I, you become memorable. And, and when people do, they may not be looking for your product now, but if you can kind of push people in market or get them to remember the piece of creative that you got in front of them, then you know when it comes time to buy a pair of shoes in our case, it's, oh, remember that brand that, it, like you mentioned, they did a handstand and stepped into their shoes or they slid down a, a banister into a, into a pair of shoes. What, what was that brand again? And, and that's where, you know, we see it come back in, in our brand search and post-purchase surveys um, of yeah. how first heard about us. It's awesome. Sometimes when people are trying to like create a category or disrupt a category, you know, they show like the old way and the new way. I think you're hitting that right on the, the nose because everyone understands the old way. Everyone wears shoes, right? The term hands-free, is that something that like you had a brainstorm around and you were like, hey, we need to create this new category and call it something and own the, the content and SEO around that too? Yeah, it's interesting because you have a lot of surrounding terms of a lot of people when they see Kizik for the first time, they think slip-ons, right? They think, oh, I, I have a pair of slip-ons or I've seen that before. And, and we really wanted to, to separate ourselves from that because it's so much more you know, we say it goes on like a slipper, but fits like a regular shoe. You know, it locks your heel in place. And that's what we try and demonstrate. Right. People doing backflips and things that, that show that like, no, this is a this is a regular shoe that does, it's not going to fly off your foot. And so hands-free was kind of this, a way for us, yeah, a little bit more ownable. And quite frankly, it describes what it does, right? It, you're able to yeah. put your shoes on hands-free um, and easy on, easy off, you know, those type of terms. But we really wanted to, yeah, again, build this category and, and be the the global leaders of hands-free technology. And yeah. um, so I, I think that allows us to separate ourselves from more traditional terms that have been used. Yeah. It's also like, you know, they say like a picture is worth a thousand words. The two words hands-free in the context of shoes just speak like so much to the story of, of what you're doing. It's actually, it's brilliant. So kudos on that. So before we wrap, we talked about some of the videos I've seen. I'm sure listeners have seen this stuff too, as you guys are, are in major scale mode. Let's talk about creative production, right? I imagine it takes a ton of thought and time to get organized around creative. How do you execute on that as a team? How frequently are you testing and updating creative and all that good stuff? Yeah. I mean, as any marketer knows, like creative is the lifeblood of your business really. And so a lot of our early hires were in creative, finding people that really understood kind of our way of thinking, you know, those that could really take a product and, and tell a story in a simplistic way that 
people will understand and grasp. And so, you know, we have a, a really amazing creative team in-house that now is, I think, five or six people strong. And then we also rely heavily on on some of our agencies that we've worked with in the past for for some of our bigger scale production. So, you know, some of those that you'll see on YouTube or, you know, the long form ones on Facebook, we did outside. And so there's kind of finding this balance where, you know, a few times a year we want to develop and create a large, what I call branded DR piece, right? That allows us to tell that story, but also builds the brand uh, while driving sales on on our, our acquisition channels. But then along the way, we, you know, product launches and did an April Fool's joke that actually created a lot of buzz. And that was all done internally with our team. And so, you know, we, we try and balance that based off of our, our needs at the time and as we're scaling. But from a DR perspective, one of the biggest unlocks for us has been bringing on a, a creative strategist, someone that's looking at creative, a creative lens, but also from a strategic data uh, lens as well and figuring out why is this working and how is it working? Hmm. Where are people falling off and, and how can we iterate and improve upon it to potentially relaunch a completely new version of this and treat it like a new piece of creative. And so that's really allowed us to take a lot of the creative we've had and scale it and then, you know, really look at it from a scientific approach and break it out bit by bit and test, you know, different elements of it and without having to, you know, completely you know, go after a new piece of creative uh, from scratch. And so that's kind of how we look at it right now and have found a lot of success. It's gold, honestly. I mean, hearing that the culture of early hires was focused around people that understand and can execute creative in-house, I think speaks volumes, especially in, in today's day and age. Honestly, I also like, I might've just, and I know I'm going to sound like an asshole, but if someone just told me their title was creative strategist, it's easy to write that off, right? Be like, oh, what is that? They must work at some huge agency. But the way that you just described that and reflecting on everything we just talked about, like analyzing the hooks, right? Leading with the hands-free and then like telling the story of the technology, like someone who can actually analyze this stuff for you beyond the scope of how many views, how many clicks, how many orders, I think that just completely changed my mindset. And I really appreciate <laughs> you going into that. I think it probably did for a lot of listeners too. So Brett, this is amazing. I'm pumped for you guys. Seems like you are all are killing it and a lot of really great nuggets from today's episode. So thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.